Butaz Network. Hi, this is Devin Turak with the Free Buddhist Network. Today we bring you another episode of Hall of Giants. In this episode, Ian sits down with Jeff Leeson to talk about the early days of TSR and the birth of Dungeons and Dragons. We hope you enjoy the show. Episode 2 of Hall of Giants. My name is Ian Clark, and today I am joined by Jeff Duck Leeson. Duck, how are you today? Pretty darn well, Ian, and yourself? I am doing very well, and we should probably explain right off the bat for those that don't know. Uh, I'm not just trying to be cool and being like, hey, this guy's my buddy. I know this guy. I'm going to call him his nickname. You, I believe, literally on the like when we first met you, first met everybody on the uh, the Geek Nation Tours Classic RPG Retreat in November. You said that you actually you prefer to be called Duck, and I mean that's that's. Am I remembering that correctly? That you are um, spot on, um, and that just came from. Um, well, I could talk in a Donald Duck voice in first grade. My best friend. Dave Torgerson did this voice. Is like, well, that's really slick. And I could do it, and then he could no longer do it once I did it. Well, <laughs> then we, we zoom up to um, high school, and I was there were many Jeffs. In my generation, Jeffs are, you know, you step on one every two steps you take. And, uh, and I was not a popular. I was not a jock. I was into music um, and the chess club and gaming. You know, oh, yeah, we were real popular. Um, <laughs> uh, look at us now, guys, staring on. And uh, um, you'd hear someone scream, Jeff, in the hallway. I turn around. It was never, literally, it was never for me. <laughs> it was literally never for me. I was never the Jeff. And it got to the point where when I was walking down the hall, my friends would scream, hey, Jeff. I wouldn't look because I figured it wasn't for me. So then Duck took over. Um, I still have Ernie goes back and forth. Um, Ernie Gygax from Duck to Jeff. A lot of my old friends, um, Dave Conant, who, uh, who's in the industry, um, ran Gen Con for a while back in the day, um, refers to me as Jeff. But yeah, in order to get my attention, uh, Duck is, um, you're, again, you're spot on. That was, um, and I'll just give you a little uh, taste. I'm not as good as I was in first grade. I'll say, Ian, uh, how the hell are you? <laughs> I don't know if that came across or anything, but no, that's um, that's. I, I thought Donald himself was here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Oh, you're just saying that now. I'm blushing. No, um, so yeah, I um, and I tell everybody uh, that um, it's like the same thing when people call me Mr. Leeson. Um, I I love the respect because I was born and raised as you know, opening doors and doing all that respect thing. But my dad didn't like being called Mr. Leeson, so. I tell people that don't know me, you call me Jeff, and then once I'm comfortable with them, like everybody at uh, Geek Nation Tour called me Duck, so which made me happier than anything you'd know. So, yeah, very cool. Good question. Right. Yeah. Well, I figured we'd get that out of the way because because that's you know that's that immediately was how I you know came to refer to you was was Duck and you know the whole tour and, and since when we've communicated so. Yeah, I figured we'd explain that because it, it's certainly uh, certainly how you're known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of people – well, I had a, actually, I had a girlfriend um, back in the day, back in uh, 1978. 
uh, I graduated high school and she knew me as duck well then go 30 years in the future 40 years in the future and I saw her on Facebook and I contacted her and she saw Jeff Leeson and said she didn't I must have known her sister and then I gave her a few specifics and all in caps she said duck so <laughs> she only knew me as duck which is really weird so some people only know me as duck so yeah very different very so different. you you mentioned uh you know um going back to first grade and, and doing the Donald Duck impression and all of that. Now you are, now I know you went to high school with Ernie, right? But did you, did you grow up in Lake Geneva? Are you from there originally? No, originally, um, four miles, uh, north of Lake Geneva is a small town called Springfield. Uh, population back in my day was probably 250 and that was counting dogs and most cats. <laughs> um, just a lovely little town. Just loved it. Um, I, um, uh, so I went to Springfield um, through sixth grade, then went into Lake Geneva, was bused into Lake Geneva um, for junior high school. And then in high school is uh, Ernie's a year older than I am. Um, okay. And then in high school, um, I uh, went into Badger High School and then I just happened to my brother played string bass. And out of the clear blue, the orchestra teacher, Mrs. Moseman, said, hey, would you like to play string bass? And I sang, I, I, you know, I sang in school and everything. Did all that. Um, so I picked up string bass and I met Ernie. And then uh, he gave me all the bad habits that I have that we could talk about <laughs> for hours. And uh, and I started playing. Um, well, I I started playing D&D &D and actually in Boy Scouts with Skip Williams, who's another big name. Um, so and that was like in 75. But um, so uh, in high school, I just was talking to Ernie and um he says, well, you have a guaranteed job once you graduate. Um, you can work for my dad's new company. I was like, cool. And it didn't matter what I did. You know, I've, I've worked since I was 12 doing dishes and out in the fields with a grub hoe and cleaning and all that stuff. So that was no big deal. Um, and lo and behold, I just happened to be TSR of all things. So, you know, which is amazing. Um, so I turned it. Um, I, I moved up north with my folks the day after graduation in 1978. Um, I had no choice in the matter because I wasn't 18. Um, finished building my folks' house with my dad. Um, came back, uh, turned 18 in July. In August, uh, Dave Conant and I moved back um, to Lake Geneva. I started working for TSR in August of 1978 and uh, never thought much. It started in shipping. Ernie and I were doing shipping. Actually, everybody back then did shipping. Um, I don't think Gary did, and I don't think Brian did, just because why? You know, hey, there was right, a bunch right. of us, you know, um, and Gary was trying to make us money and uh, whatever. Um, so we had, like, Joe Orlowski, a name you, you rarely hear in the gaming industry who's really important. Um, he was the early um, Gen Con guy, and he also edited Little Wars magazine. Um, so he'd help when we'd get in the fire chain, we'd load up trucks and, uh, uh, it was just the best, the best, the best time ever. Um, it, it couldn't have been more fun. Let's put it that way. And the people back then were, we were out to have fun and we we're trying something new. And, um, so everything was really exciting and titillating to use the word. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to your, um, you know, because I know you wore a ton of hats at TSR, but I, I was curious because you mentioned being a gamer beforehand and stuff before D&D &D and things like that. What what types of things? I know a lot of the guys 
you know, early D&D guys came to it from wargaming and things like that or chess. Uh, what what was your background with, with games? Um, um, my family is a family of gamers, usually card games, but we had board games all over the place. Uh, we played cards all the time. Uh, when family came and visited every weekend, we would play cards. Um, so I grew up with Monopoly, which I didn't care for much, Life. Um, my brother was into, my brother Scott is a historian, a World War II lover, let's put it that way. And um, so then he, what we played, um, Risk, and that kind of kind of gets you in the flavor of war gaming. And then um, uh, none of my family played chess. I started playing chess in high school. I'm not very good at it. Uh, again, my friend Dave Conant would play without his queen and still kick my butt. That's how <laughs> bad I am. Okay, just saying. Um <laughs> Uh, um, but that was really when I, I started uh, historic gaming and stuff was at TSR with all all the big names, you know, um, Alexander the Great. We played with um, Gary and Ernie. We played uh, Diplomacy. Um, uh, there's another one like Diplomacy. Um, that's like a Milton Bradley or something game. But um, then we got into when SPI games started, then people were playing SPI games like crazy. And. Uh, a lot of the, actually, Joe Orlowski, who um, ran um, Gen Con, didn't play fantasy games. Like Mike Carr, um, who did Fight in the Skies, he doesn't like to play fantasy games. Tom Wom, a uh, fantastic guy, too, creative, just like Mike Carr, doesn't like to play D&D. He's, he has, but, you know, they just, and there were certain people that did play D&D and still don't back then. Um, but uh, then start playing Fight in the Skies with Mike Carr because he was a man, and we'd go over there and to his apartment, his and Brian Bloom's apartment, and play games. So um, I played games all my life, but not really war games till um, probably when I was in uh, 17, 18 ish. So. What do you remember about? Sorry, what do you what do you remember about those first days of D and D and hearing about it? Because you said you started playing with Skip Williams. I mean, what what do you remember about those those first experiences with with diving into this? I'll tell you what I remember, and I'll tell you what I found out later on in, in life when I was uh, a man of 40. Um, back then, um, D&D was, um, again, Skip Williams says, I, I have this game. You want to play this game? I was like, sure, why not? You know, you're Boy Scouts. It's a crappy day. You're in a tent. Why not? You know, so um, there was like four of us, I think, five of us, and Skip was new at it. He'd played but really didn't DM. Um and we played a few sessions. I was a, I remember I was a cleric and I was looking for three parts of a staff. Um, never found any, but you know, <laughs> uh, there you have it. Um, but um, that's when I started. And then there was a few other people, friends, like in, um, we were in the Southern Lakes uh, Association of Gamers or SLAG, which is um, Joe Fisher was vice president then. Joe Fisher, another gamer, hardly ever heard of. He was the gamer who invented uh, the um, Ranger character. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You never, hardly ever hear of him and he never continued on. But, um, so that's when I started and I got the bug. Uh, then a friend and, and I started playing, um, warrior of warriors of Mars with the little, the little pamphlet size book from DSR hobby. And oh my gosh, was that fun? I never read any of the books, um, anything, but that was fun as all get out. Um, uh, then I got into painting miniatures, um, just because miniatures are cool, and I'm, I'm a visual and a tactile type gamer. 
Um, and I started painting miniatures. And then I realized that playing playing in someone's game was just kind of, that was, that was fun and a good getaway, but I had so much creativity that um, the game I was playing, and I, I won't say any names because um, I don't want to diss anybody, but was more of you had to think of, you had to think like the DM, otherwise you didn't progress. I've played and, in those games. <laughs> yeah, and it's very frustrating. You just spin and spin and spin. So I, I ran my campaign since, uh, I've been DMing since 1976. Um, and then, um, then we switched to when I was 40, uh, talking to my dad. My mom had already passed. Um, and dad said, uh, you know, your mom didn't want you to play Dungeons & Dragons. And I said, really? Why was that? And he said, because she thought it was demon worshiping. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, this from my own, my own mom, you know. And I, I didn't know about this from a kid uh, when I was a kid. And my dad said, you know, he's playing with friends and Boy Scouts. You know, all his friends. Don't worry about it. If he starts getting freakier than goofier than he already is, you know, we'll talk about it. Um, thank God for dad, who was an uneducated uh, man, a blue-collar man who probably never read a book in his life, but thank goodness he had the the foresight to say, no, he's you know he's having fun, he's he's doing good. Otherwise, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here talking with you. You know, I wouldn't have written, uh, helped write Hidden Shrine of Tomochin. Um, you know, blah blah blah. My life would be completely different. So, um, yeah, that's that's great. Your dad had your back with that. And uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've. I've played D&D forever. I listen to heavy metal music. I have never once even accidentally summoned a demon. So I'm, <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, so I believe you also told us too on the, on the tour when we were in the, uh, in the Gygax house, we were in the basement that you bought your first copy of D&D right out of that basement. Is that oh, correct? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I must've been, I must've been, um, 15 or 16, and a friend's, um, since we live four miles away, a friend was going in. He he got like a, um, this is Bill Reuter, um, an old friend, so if he hears this, he'll get a kick out of it. Um, he got like 25 cents a week for allowance, and I'd been working since I was 12. So this was when I was 15 or 16, so I had money saved, and I was pretty much a tightwad. And, um, his mom said, I'll, I'll take you in, and he, he would go in and buy a, a Hobbit miniature every time at the hobby shop. But before that, um, we drove into Lake Geneva and we go to this house um, that is 330 Center Street and we knock on the door and this redheaded, just beautiful redheaded lady shows up with these redheaded young girls. And I was like, oh, I've died and gone to heaven. What is this? <laughs> I was very young, but not that young that I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's beauty everywhere. Um, and the house is laid out, uh, um, laid out a little bit, um, cause you had to go in the kitchen and then go to the basement. I think it was, if I remember correctly. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I went down the basement and there was Gary sitting with a little tin money box. I think it was, um, some old minifigs miniatures. Cause there weren't, there were little to no miniatures out then, um, up on a shelf, um, all of his, um, cobbler uh, tools and stuff were on the shelf right there. So, you know, he was working on shoes right at that table. We went down and asked for um, 
Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, I got my oak, oak box, my wood box set. Um, Bill got his, um, and then uh, and then my imagination, which was already pretty much you know woohoo up there, <laughs> uh, uh, just oh my gosh, yeah. Then all hell broke loose. But yeah, um, and again, I didn't. I didn't think of anything about back then either being a little kid walking down the basement, buying a game from a guy. I didn't, <laughs> right. I didn't realize Gary was the one who wrote it. Otherwise I would have had him sign it. Right. You know, I wasn't thinking anything like that. It's just a fun game to play. So, um, but yeah, that, so that's a little bit of cool history too, that I like to tell just um, not to brag, but it was cool to, to visit the house and not know him and go down and not realize I wasn't worthy, you know, this little <laughs> little guy not worthy, but uh So that's good. Cool. So so if I remember right, the only the first 1000 printed were the wood grain, so so you got one of the first print runs and it sounds like Yeah, um yeah, and then on Boy Scouts, uh we went to um AD&D, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons first edition, and I lent out my original wood grain oh. box set Never saw him again. I know the guy's name, <laughs> um, but I never saw him again. So um, I ended up collecting books. When you worked in shipping at TSR, we got lots of returns. You know, um, when um, the guts in um, the Monster Manual were actually from the, um, or in the Dungeon Master's Guide, I think, were from the Monster's Manual. Um, those we got back, we didn't think anything of it. If I would have one now, people say that's one of the highest valued collector's items in the game. Yeah, the misprints. Like, Man, we just threw those out. <laughs> I had a Dungeon Master's Guide that the cover was on upside down uh-huh. that I played with for years just to mess with people's minds because you look <laughs> at the DMG and, the, you know, the demon was upside or the uh, uh, freak was upside down on it. So, <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah, so I ended up with um, quite a few copies of the original books and ended up with a wood grain box without a sticker as well. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so, um, yeah, and I... I sold all my collection um, due to physical um, maladies, um, so all my gaming collection has been sold the last three and a half years, I think. Yeah. So, which was like 600 items at least, some wow. original art and stuff like that. So. Oh wow. Wow. But, so, so you started TSR, and again, you know, I kind of touched on it a little bit. You you did just about everything you can do there. I mean, how, what was the, um, what was the progression? Like, I'm just wondering how it, it, you got from just starting out to being able to do hidden shrine with, um, with Harold and, and how that came about. I mean, what, um, what was your progression there? Um, another good question. Um, <laughs> and I just like to say that, um, me as a gamer, I'm probably was the luckiest guy being in the right place at the right time. Just to let you know that. Um, so, Started out in shipping, and that was all good and fun. And um, back then, TSR, um, everybody in editing had um, the slightest bit of um, English knowledge, got to proof stuff. So I'm working in shipping, and when we're in lulls, Mike Carr, who's a managing editor, says, you want a proof? You want to look at Dungeon Master's guide? It's like, before it was printed? It's like, cool. So I went through, and I found mistakes. So he says wow, you want to go through and help me, you know, proof this while you're not doing that. So I proofed the living daylights out of that, which was just (laughs) fun. You know, it was really fun. Um, We tried changing stuff, and uh, 
a lot of the stuff, Gary was just adamant, this is the way I want it. And Mike would say, you know, we could change it and make it sound a little better. And Gary was like, no, this is the way I want it. And that's how it ended up. But Mike Carr took me under his wing, let me um, do um, uh, hone my skills on Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, then he asked if I was, then I'm not sure if it was uh, 1979, I think it might have been. Um, I went into editorial. So he and I were there. I think Tim Jones was there or was already gone. Um, and so the first project he gave me, uh, a solo project, was the Gateway to Adventure first color catalog TS ever produced. So he says, how would you like to lay this out? And again, I never went to, uh, I went high on or honors in high school, but never went to college or anything and kind of self-taught English or whatever. And um, it's like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll do my best and had some problems with it. And he said, why don't you try the, this format? Cause I couldn't get it. It was all clunky. And um, I laid it out that way. And um, so that was our first color catalog um, was my first solo uh, project. Now, um, sorry, just to, my no. journalism background <laughs> makes me have to ask. So, I know you're talking about editing and things like that. Were you doing were you doing copywriting? Were you doing layout and, and things like that? The whole the whole project? No, um, I was um, the, well for that for the catalog. Yes, um, I photocopied stuff. Um, we um, had our own. Well, what do you, what would you call it back then? That spit out uh, the mimeograph. Is it was it that? No, it wasn't a mimeograph. It was more advanced than that. But anyway, so I, I laid it out. Um, got it all laid out, went into the art department. They did all their magic and the coloring and everything. But, yeah, it was it was kind of like my, my project, but only the editing and, and layout, if you want to say only. Um, but, yeah, um, again, it was a small enough project. It was daunting for me. I was 18 or 19 and didn't know squat of, you know, just what I'd learned in high school. And um, so that was really cool. Um, and then I don't know um, when it was, um, but uh, TSR bought the downtown uh, big, huge dungeon hobby shop, and editorial was upstairs as a four-story, three-story building. And um, so Mike had his office, and he said, go pick an office. So I was like, holy cow. And there were just, it used to be a hotel, so there were rooms everywhere and every size, and I went to the the brightest and the largest room. So uh, new guys would come in. When the new guy editors came in, they'd share office with me until they figured out what they wanted to do with them and spewed them, you know, moved them where they wanted to. Um, so Harold Johnson just happened to come visit uh TSR and uh, get a job and is sitting next to me and so I was like hey so uh, we're sharing an office and since editing was everybody proofed everything that's going on um, I don't know if it was Mike or if it was Gary someone came back and said um, Harold uh, do you have a, a uh, any module idea that you could run up right up for um it was gary con or gary con sorry john con east i think it was in uh chester pennsylvania um and could you do that and he said yeah i, I could do that so he was taken off all the other editing or or proofing product projects and he just did that 
So I basically, from what I figure, and I've talked to him about it, I probably did about a quarter of the writing on that, a quarter of the ideas, just because he was the one that went, uh, was in, uh, majored in um, ancient cultures. He had the whole idea. So that was his his baby, but he and I both did it. So I got my name on it, and that's like my biggest claim to fame. Um, uh, and then the rest of the um, projects back then, I worked on everything probably um, from 78 to 81, I think it was. It was 81 when I was laid off. There was uh, four of us. And if you read the book, Imag um, Empire of Imagination, it mentions in there there were four Gary friends that were laid off, the first four people by the Blooms, and I was one of the four. And Heidi Gygax was one of the other four. Um, and so um, I was walking down through the hobby shop and um, being escorted out. You know, I'm how violent I am, Ian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never been in a fight in my life, but I'm being escorted out. And Ernie goes, hey, what's, where are you going? Because it's like midday or well, early midday. And I said, I've just been laid off. And he goes, come work in the hobby shop. <laughs> and Brian Bloom was standing right there. And Brian goes, uh... Uh, no, uh, you, no one can come back and work at TSR until they've been lay, um, gone for a year. And he just made it up on the spot. Yeah, like, come back. Just making up policy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I visited the hobby shop just about every day, collected unemployment for a year. And after the year was over, the, the TSR official, Brian Bloom official <laughs> year was over. I started working in the hobby shop. So it was kind of like, rub your nose in this, Brian. Um, I like the man. Um, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of politics that went through um, back then that were um, we didn't understand. Um, when TSR ended up being broken up in many buildings, because at the end there was like 300 people. You know, you couldn't cram 300 people in any of the the first uh, three buildings we had. Um, so um, we didn't know a lot of stuff that was going on. Business was business back then. You know, things could have been different. Um, you know, I could name five things that if these five things were different, Gary still would have been in charge of the company. We all would have just been sitting like kings and I'd be rich. Um, but life took a different turn. Um, so when uh, at one GaryCon, I'm sitting down and I'm playing uh, a game with Brian Bloom. And, um, well, all friends and all I'm real lucky with friends at Dave Conant again, Brian Bloom, Tom Wom. Um, one random gamer, um, I think uh, Ernie was there too, and um, so we got up and we're all done. Had a fun, fun time. Brian Bloom helped me with it was a, a new Tom Wom game, helped me with it. Uh, Brian came in first, I came in second, and uh, we got up from the table. And the gamer, I sit down, and talk with the gamer, just kind of, you know, he wants to talk to me just to get my view of things, and um, he goes, I can't believe that you can. You game with Brian Bloom with all the stuff that went on. But, you know, if you hold on to a grudge, uh, to, to use a cliche, the only person a grudge hurts is the person holding it. Um, I can still, you know, I have friends that uh, I wouldn't do business with, but I can still game with and have fun with, you know. So, um, no, we still game. And uh, sorry to say that uh, Brian is now suffering from uh, late-stage dementia, which is just the saddest thing. Um but uh, at the time, I was the youngest. Um, back in the day, I was the youngest TSR person. 
So uh, I'm I'm bopping around. You're gonna edit. Have to edit the hell out of this. I hope you know. <laughs> um, but uh, in my stream of consciousness is more like a a forked uh, brook, but uh, or a babbling brook anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, then um, I, so I went into the hobby shop. Um, let's see. Um, I did end up in janitorial at one time, and I don't remember why. The the um, yeah, um, I don't, I don't remember why I, w- I was, so I was cleaning bathrooms and stuff and I was doing carpentry work with uh, Dan Matheson and, um, but, um, so, um, yeah, I, I cleaned up after everybody. I wrote with people. Um, I did pretty much everything, but uh, I did some layout stuff, but, uh, never did art of course, because I'm not an artist. I wish I were, um. But, uh, yeah, um, again, I couldn't be luckier. I couldn't be a luckier person. Back then was the, you, you would work a full day if you wanted to call a full day doing shipping. And then if you didn't have anything else to ship, then you'd go talk to artists like Trampier, my favorite artist, or Dave Sutherland. He's just a wonderful man, you know, and they're like, oh, my gosh. And I was uh, uh, awestruck by those two guys just because they could just draw stuff and you know puke it out like oh my gosh and it'd just be beautiful <laughs> just amazing stuff but um so i spent a lot uh, probably more time than not uh visiting whenever i could get to the art department or with tom wom um was just artistic and um creative my i always refer to tom wom as my favorite human being um just because <laughs> I, i've shared a house with him we've been housemates and um he was also um uh, he and ernie were the the people that polluted me with <laughs> with women and and drink and such and frivolity. So, uh, but we we were fortunate to have Tom spend some time with us on the uh, on the tour in November. And yeah, he just he just seems like a just like a great guy and just the creativity and everything within his games. And he we played uh, played some games with him and it was that was that was a real treat. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. He really is. And um. Uh, again, we're, um, I'm still like the youngest one in the group. I'm going to be 60 in July. Ernie just turned 60. Tom's in his seventies. And, um, um, I try to promote uh, all gaming as much as possible. And especially Lake Geneva gaming. Cause if you want to meet old TSR people, we're dropping like flies, people. Uh, it's, um, you know, Ernie's had cancer. Uh, Tom's had his problems. I've had my problems. Um, Jeff Perrin, who's a, more of a historical TSR name, um, but Jeff Perrin, who's one of the oldest gamers in the world, um, uh, diabetes, and uh, Jim Ward with his diabetes and, and stuff like that. So, um, man, if you guys can, anybody can flock to Lake Geneva, to the mecca of gaming, and it really is. You know, you wouldn't have so much of your computer gaming. I just heard um, someone was talking about, oh, yeah, we were role-playing on TV. It was Oh, you have to role play something. So I was like, you never would have come up with that if it wasn't for Gary Gygax, <laughs> you, you crazy people. Um, so, um, yeah, just, uh, um, yeah, come to Geneva. You, you'll be welcomed in. We won't know who you are. Show us a, a, a four-sided die and you, we'll let you in our club <laughs> and we'll play games and, and until we all get arrested. You know, it's, um, that's the way it's supposed to be. 
For sure. Now, you were talking about like you know doing your full day of shipping and then hanging out with the art guys and stuff. Were you um were you involved with any of the playtesting for any modules or things like that? Did you get in on that? Yeah, everything that um was put out during that time, um, just about everybody playtested because um everybody was living. You're almost always sharing a house with someone from TSR. So um, I figured out, and I have a really poor memory, but I figured out that I've shared an apartment and or house with 23 people from TSR Hobbies. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. I was told Tom Wong beats me. Uh, I told him <laughs> I want his list. Um, but uh, that just shows you kind of how it was almost like a big family. So we all pl- play tested stuff. We play tested Divine Right, um, which, you know, a beautifully wonderful game. But it takes all day. You just play and play and play. We had extensions for that um, that would have been perfect for those divine right lovers out there. But then it would make the game like four hours longer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were lucky enough to play test stuff. Um, again, everything that came out back then, we play tested. Um, and usually it was run by, of course, the guy, the author, the person who did it. Um, so we're real lucky on that. And again, we didn't think anything of it. You know, we're just helping out this guy, helping out the company, trying to get a game produced. And, um, yeah, and most, um, most of the time we got credit. Sometimes credit kind of slipped by just because everybody's doing everything, but we, we worked and then we went home because we shared a house with people. We'd play games at night sometime and almost every weekend, We'd be playing games. I mean, it was just nonstop, too much fun, not enough time. So, yeah. so let's uh, let's head back to Hidden Shrine of uh, Tomochen. Mm-hmm. You obviously have a good relationship there. You're sharing office space with with Harold Johnson and everything. Where do you remember where uh, the impetus came from? Were, were you guys? Did you guys pitch? doing a module together where you asked if you could come up with something? How did, um, how did Hidden Shrine come about? Yeah, that was, um, again, Harold was just brand new, um, at TSR and I think it was Mike. It's probably Mike. I don't think, again, it, it wouldn't be below Gary to come in and say, Hey, could you write this? But I think my, it was probably Mike Carr that came in and asked Harold, um, if he could have something, uh, that he could write a module. They needed a module for um, to run uh, a tournament module at uh, Gary Khan East or John Khan East. Sorry, I keep saying Gary Khan, but I love Gary Khan. Go Gary Khan. Um, <laughs> but I'm at John Khan East. Um, and Harold said, yeah, I can come up with it. And um, he had the idea already. Again, he went, um, he, Ancient Studies was his, um, uh, ma- uh, I can't think because I didn't go to college. But what <laughs> major. Meant- that's Maybe, what he not, yeah, yeah, thank sure. you. Um, so uh, he did he did the maps. He did the even though those got redone, he did the art for it, and uh, he wrote most of it. And it got to the point where it was the day before any any typeset it. And back then, in order to have an indent, you had to type in like four little codes like pound sign C eight eight four two, and then it would indent. So he spent all his time typing it out so he never got to go to um gen con east to run it because oh. he he it ran so tightly tight in time wise that ernie and i it was ernie 
um, myself and Jim Ward went to um, uh, Gen Con East and we were collating the module as we were driving, as Jim Ward was driving to Gen Con East. So uh, it was all, um, so C1 was um, uh, Harold's idea. He plotted out a couple rooms on the map. He had a um, uh, map that he just, uh, and then wrote, drew a couple passages and then plopped something in and just went from there. And then it was all, what do you think? And uh, he would get stuck. And since we were sharing an office or we could also sit on the fire escape and, and edit. So we do that a lot downtown Lake Geneva, which is fun. Um, and uh, um, then we talk about it and you go, yeah, that's a good idea. And it even changed from, um, uh, so he, we did all the editing and the writing on that. And Harold did the brunt of most everything. Then when it came published in the, um, when it came out published in the brown and white, I don't think Tom Moldvay had done any ed editing on it yet. And then when it came to color, uh, full color, um, then Tom Moldvay came in and changed a bunch of stuff. So um, last uh, Geek Nation tour, when I was reading it to get ready to play it, it was like, I don't remember this. I don't think <laughs> we wrote this. And we didn't. It was Tom Moldvay. So... Uh, yeah, that was a, a kind of a, but I, I hadn't read that module since we had written it. Oh, so wow. Then, yeah, so that's how long it had been. But uh, yeah, and then uh, we ran it and it was a big, big success. Um, and it's, uh, last time I heard it, it was like number eight out of all modules ever written. D&D. &D. Um, yeah, it, it always like, makes the, the top, you know, the top yeah. X amount of, uh, you know, AD&D &D modules. It's always in there and usually within the top ten. Yeah, which is pretty deluxe, you know. Again, that's mostly Harold, and he's done a um, a sequel to it um, using different Tamoan Chen, which was the original, because it was the um, Lost Shrine of Tamoan Chen, and then it got changed to Lost Shrine of Tamoan Chen, and then the Hidden Shrine of Tamoan Chen. So, um, and I don't know why, but it did. And uh, <laughs> and then yeah, so then I uh, won a. I've been playtesting a sequel of my own uh, called The Haunting's End, um, and I can uh, I've playtested that for the last two years, three years. I was going to do a Kickstarter this year, and due to health issues and uh, the COVA uh, coronavirus, whatever, um, I probably won't get out this year. Um, but I will have a Jeff Eastley. I've talked to Jeff Eastley. I will have a Jeff Eastley cover for it. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, which to me uh, excites the heck out of me. He was always yeah. such a quiet man with such deluxe art that he was another guy that was like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And every time I see him, it's like, you probably don't remember me. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just a, you know, a Rutley guy in the hobby shop at that point So when he was in his fame. but. Uh, yeah, he and uh, he and Larry Elmore too. Larry, I, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing on one of our other podcasts a few years ago when he did his first Kickstarter, and just uh, really enjoyed talking to him. And so he and he and Jeff Easley are my my two favorites. There's obviously I love a lot of the older stuff too, like Arrow Lotus, and and yep. but um but to to me Easley and Elmore are are they're like their artwork is is you know just so evocative of D and D for me. Yep. Yeah, and um, being um. Jeff Easley's the most prolific artist on covers out there for D&D. &D. And then Errol Otis being, I shared a house with him and Lawrence and Josie Schick, um, all TSR people. And um, 
you can tell Errol was from California because <laughs> you look at his art and it's it's not like anybody else's, and that's very good. That's a yeah. good thing. Um, and uh, talking to him, well, I talked to him, uh, Gary, kind of a couple years ago, and he's like, "Do you remember who I? Do you know who I am?" He's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I shared a house with you. And then he gave me this random name. I didn't know who that was. And I was like, no. And um, But we talked for like probably more than we did when we were roommates. We sat at the TSR party and talked for about two hours. So it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, um, I think Jim Holloway is wonderful because oh, he can draw caricatures like on Boot Hill. You can yeah. tell that's Will Niebling riding the horse and stuff. But everybody <laughs> had their. Um, but I have to say, uh, Dave Trampier has always been my. He was a quiet, wonderful, easy to make smile, gentle soul, kind of like uh, kind of like Tom Wom, his brother-in-law, um, uh, very Zen-like. Um, and don't know what he's thinking, but he sure puts out some damn good art, so, or did. <laughs> that's for sure. For sure. So, uh, so you you let's talk about after TSR. You you eventually move on. There's obviously the big uh, big shakeups that come in the '80s, and uh, a lot of the original guys go their separate ways. But you you did some other things within the gaming industry. What um what in there would you like to talk about? Them? Yeah, I, again, I was lucky. I was in the right place. I was at a Fourth of July party, and uh, so just been laid off with 149 other TSR employees, and I'm at a party at Will Niebling's house, a 4th of July party, and Will Niebling was the main salesman for TSR for quite a while, and his Char, his wife Char was also in sales. So um, they were like family to me, so I was at a, a party, a uh, 4th of July party, it was beautiful out in Lake Geneva, and lo and behold, a man named Darwin Bromley shows up, and um, his uh, half-sister-in-law, and, or his two half-sister-in-laws, and so I get to meet uh, Darwin Bromley, whom I found out was the owner um, or one of the owners um, of Mayfair Games. And Will talked me up to Darwin and told him, you know, kind of gave him an update of what I was like and who, you know, what I'd done and, and everything. And um, so in 86, that was 86, the big purge. So in July we had the party and... I think it was by October I was once again in the gaming game company working in shipping. So <laughs> I was at Mayfair Games um, in Chicago, and I'm a small town boy, so going to Chicago was like you swallow your face in, in fright, you know. Um, but it was all cool. Um, uh, Darwin and his uh, three brothers ran uh, Mayfair Games, and Darwin was the president, and uh, uh, I started dating his, or dating and living with his uh, half sister in law Donna, and uh, uh, so we stayed in their deluxe uh, Darwin and Anne's deluxe apartment on the Gold Coast of Chicago. Who could ask for more? You know, you're 40 stories up, looking over Lake Michigan, and so I, I, I started by putting together shelves for his uh, comic book collection. I went there, and they I proved that I could do some editing. And I was hired from editing, or I was hired from uh, building. Once the shelves were built, and I was no longer needed in um, shipping, then I went into editing. Um, John Coke had um, kind of got me started too. John Coke was in shipping at TSR. Uh, he came in later, uh, 80s, 
mid to late eighties, I think went, went into shipping. Uh, one of my buddies I hung around with the most played Frisbee with and ran around and drank with and stuff like that. Uh, one of my good buddies, um, one of the core group, let's put it that way. Uh, uh, he kind of told Darwin what I was like too, cause we knew each other so well. So, um, so I started working at Mayfair games, um, did editing on dragons on the Rolades line, um, started doing stuff like that. Uh, Corey Glaberson, the, the managing editor left Mayfair games and I was hired as mad. I was promoted to managing editor. So I was given the, uh, I was in charge of the, um, Rolades product line and then TSR or TSR, sorry, Mayfair bought, um, the chill role-playing game rights from pace setter, the original pace setter games. And so I was put in charge of that. And, uh, so I was running, I was managing editor and in, in charge of two product lines. I think I had four or five editors under me. Um, uh, then, uh, I worked from 86 to 91 with Mayfair games. Um, I lost my managing editorship for a while and just did editing again. And um, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, I asked Darwin if he would fire me so I could collect unemployment and come up north here um, to spend time with mom's last years. Um, so after a year, this is 85 after, no, this is 90. After a year, um, Darwin finally replaced me. Um, I came up north and then uh, been stuck up ever since. Uh, prisoner in Zenda. Prisoner in Zenda. <laughs> Mom had passed away two hours or two hours, two years later in 93. And uh, I was pretty much burned out of gaming anyway because I had gone to every convention since 1976's, well, First Gen Con was 1976 at the Playboy Club. Once I started with TSR, I went to every convention, um, which I loved. Don't get me wrong. When you're a young gamer and you can meet gamers and run them, you know, run games and stuff and, and sell product, that was great. But um, So I, I myself um, pushed myself away when I moved up north just because I was so burned out. And the problem was is I didn't communicate with anybody um, from my past or very few people. So I got out of the gaming industry. I didn't even know that Watsi came along and bought TSR. And uh, so all of that was news to me when I finally got back into the industry. Um, but that was part of um, my, my, I had to put it all out behind me due to depression and anxiety, basically. Um, uh, that's all in the past, thank goodness, or pretty much. And um, it's like, I got to get back into gaming and, uh, I've been for because of people like you and Terrace and Ernie Gygax and Luke Gygax, um, Heidi Gygax. I've gotten back in the industry and um, I haven't produced anything, but uh, I've been going to quite a few conventions again and really having fun and talking to people. And um, again, when uh, the weird thing that people don't quite understand back at TSR since we we're in four or five different buildings, there was stuff going on that we never even realized. There was a big Gen Con's 50th anniversary, and I found out um, through Tim Cahoon, who started in the hobby shop and then went in the computer. Um, 
that side, the other building didn't know that Mike Carr and Darlene, the artist, ever dated. Well, that was, oh. we knew that because we were sure. part of it. And it was like, <laughs> Ollie didn't know until, what was it, two years ago at the 50th anniversary? I didn't know they dated. I was like, well, <laughs> duh. You know, so there were so many things that people just didn't know that were going on back then. So I've learned quite a few things just talking <laughs> to Ernie. Going, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. Um, so, yeah. Um, and again, we're, we're dropping like flies, people. So <laughs> wow. still gaming like crazy. Those. So I thank people like you getting my name out there, um, getting my face out there. Um, uh, Labor Day, I've been invited back to LinkCon, a small uh, video convention in Merrill, Wisconsin up here. Um, I had a wonderful time last year, was honored to be uh, their guest, and I'm going to be their guest again. Um, Geek Nation Tours had me as a guest, um, I think, through, the again, the my wonderful friend Ernie Gygax, and that was phenomenal. And um, this year, besides all of the, the death and mayhem, is the best year of my life in like four years. And that's really weird to say when you think of the, you know, the coronavirus out there. It's like, yeah, this is my best year so far. And people are going, people are dying. Um, so I guess it's how you look at it. But uh, yeah, well, we, we had so much fun having you on the tour and, and uh, everything that you brought to it, not just your, your knowledge and your history of having been there in the early days of TSR, but just your, your personality and, and the way that you carry yourself and the way that you are genuinely uh, eager to meet new people and make new friends. It just, you, you were just such a perfect fit. And, you know, Terrace and I came away saying that, oh, you know, Duck's got to be a, a part of this every year because you you really made a huge you, – you were just such a huge part of the tour and, and ma- helped make it special. And obviously, you know, from a business aspect, Terrace is running it, and he wanted to do it because he's a huge D&D guy. And, you know, me, that was my first opportunity to, to kind of run a tour for Terrace, and, and we built it together and everything. But that experience – and, you know, I know it sounds like I'm trying to sell it again or whatever, but this is absolute 100% sincerity. That experience for me was just amazing. And from meeting all the, you know, the people that came on the tour to, to you and Ernie and Jim Ward and all the other people that came around, Harold came around and Mike Carr, that was crazy. He came down on a whim. Yeah. He had gone to the movies and drove down like in the middle of the night, two hours from home and, and came and regaled us with stories and, um, yeah. you know, and then drove back home and just... um the entire experience was amazing. And for, you know, a guy who's played D and D for as long as I have, um, to be there in Lake Geneva and, and to just hang out with you guys and, and make new friends and play D and D where it was born. It was just, yeah. it was an absolutely amazing experience for me. Well, first off, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Um, I've played five E for the first time and, um, Duncan Schultz from the Aussie, um, the big Aussie ran his game and I had so much fun. And when I get to Lake Geneva and we'll probably talk about that shortly, uh, I'll be moving back. Um, I want to DM a continual weekly, uh, get my campaign going again and first edition, but I sure want to find a five E game. But, um, like you said to me, that was like when we used to have spring revel winter fantasy back in the day, even though that was, maybe 50 people, 60 people. And this was, what was it? 15, 16 of us all together. You know, um, it was like being back in the day. 
It really was. We we rolled up characters. We talked about it. Um, uh, we were there for for that. Um, those characters were run in all of our campaigns uh, in our games. That was fun. Um, I know there there's uh, it's only going to be better this year because um, there's tweaking in the schedule. Um, you know, like what went on. Uh, Terrace had asked me uh, via email, you know, what would you change? It's like, I wouldn't change anything just because I was gobstruck by how deluxe it was. And then when he said, well, we're going to do this, you know, with uh, S1, for instance, um, sure. Tim of Horrors, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Now, that that's a good, that makes sense. Um, but, oh, my gosh, and then this year we're going to be adding the um, 723 William Street to the tour. That was... Um, a fluke, uh, I, I, no, not a fluke. It was just, I was at the right place at the right time yeah. <laughs> again. Um, but uh, one of the guys on the tour, the, I met him at GaryCon, which would have been two years ago if, if GaryCon would have been this past March. It was two marches ago. I met him. He played my game. Um, he was on the tour. His name's Justin Lanasa. He saw the so, so 723 William Street is where the first TSR office was, the first dungeon hobby shop was, and the first office for Dragon Magazine, and pretty much the only office for Dragon Magazine throughout the Dragon Magazine years. Ends up that um, Justin happens to deal in real estate. He called up, worked out a deal. He bought that building. Uh, we're going to turn it into a museum. The uh, is something to the effects of the Dungeon Hobby Shop um, TSR Museum. Um, holy cow! And <laughs> I, I tell you, you with with just like past November, literally, um, Geek Nation tour started, and I had little bits and pieces of venues that I had gone to. But since that started, um, and not to give you guys all the credit, because then you'd have big swollen heads, and I would never be invited back. Um, but uh, yes, that's that's a problem with, with okay. <laughs> myself and, and Terrace and, being as Canadian and, as he is. And, yeah, I was going to say, and those damn Canadians, <laughs> um, whom I love the most. Uh, I, I love Australians the most, but uh, uh, Canadians are right beside them. Uh, they don't talk as funny, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's going to be part of the tour. Um, so we'll be able to game um, in where we original. Re- I remember playing. Um, it was a D&D game, and it was it was a module never uh, produced. Um, it was going to be run at a convention, and um, uh, Brian Bloom and Gary were running it. Um, I remember that. I'll know exactly where the table was sitting once we get there. Um, I haven't seen it since back in the day, so I haven't seen the the downstairs. I'll be living upstairs of the museum. Yeah, we we kind of didn't even mention you, kind of. But the yeah. the big news is that you'll be you'll be manager and, and curator of of this uh, new endeavor, which is that's incredibly exciting. Yeah, um, it's a, again, it's just amazing. Um, I have an eye disease which limits me to what I can do, and. Um, for this opportunity to come, and again, I, I would love to, I paint miniatures when I can, uh, when my eyes allow me, and that's my my passion, um, but again, gaming is, and to be part of the gaming industry again, just is amazing, and just because I met uh, a random gamer who I hit it off with, and, and not to pat myself on the back, but being a small town guy, I do welcome most everybody. You know, it's why not. We're here for uh, uh, Geek Nation Tours was so cool because 
everybody was there because they wanted to game. There was no, you know, they were sleeping, but I don't know how much with those guys, <laughs> you know, um, it was just, and you were working your butt off, you know, cooking and doing all, making sure everything you and, um, mainly you, but Terrace and then, um, uh, Alex, uh, the cameraman, um, who will get, you'll see pictures of what he really looks like. Um, <laughs> and geek making tour. He really does exist. Um, it's just, um, yeah, uh, Geek Nation Tour, I, again, I can't say enough, but people that know me, I don't tend to exaggerate or, you know, if this wasn't good, I either wouldn't be part of it or I wouldn't be promoting it. But if, um, like Tara said to me, he said, it was just like if we were gaming back when D&D first started. He said, that's exactly how I felt. It was just the flavor of the games. Ernie's game um, Skip er, learned from Gary. Ernie learned from Gary. I played with Gary, but I learned from Skip. And but yet Skip plays differently. I play differently from Skip. Ernie plays differently than both of us. Um, Jim Ward plays differently from everyone. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's Jim Ward, and he's not from this planet. But uh, we love him. Anyway. I'll tell you what, though. We, I don't know if I've ever laughed as hard as Terrace and I laughed when we were playing uh, Metamorphosis Alpha with with Jim. It was it was that was super. I had a great time playing with everybody, but but boy, we were we because I think it was it was one of the later night sessions, and and you know Terrace and I were a little punchy from you know it was toward the end, and we had been you know working so hard, but also you know we played a ton too, so we certainly mm-hmm. got to got our games in, but we were. Um, I have a great picture of Jim just kind of holding his his head in his hands just because he's he's almost had enough of us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just it was it was just so much fun. It was yeah. It was, um, and I was just I was just gonna say what you kind of touched on it. That was that was our entire goal was for it to feel like when we were kids and yeah. you know playing the game again and we you know we're all staying in this you know in these houses together and and all getting together for meals and games and just uh just building friendships and and building lasting friendships and building stories too just within the games that we're playing and crazy things that our characters do or try to do and it was that it really did feel like those early days you know when i when i started playing D&D in middle school well yeah and uh, what augmented the whole thing i think is that we did sit down and ate together most meals so it was like your old gaming group you're like okay let's break for for supper and then we'd all you know go to wherever and buy a sandwich or whatever and come back and eat so um and then when we weren't gaming um then we'd just be talking and it was uh, you know i could tell you everybody's first and last name i couldn't tell you what they did because uh, most of them would have to kill me i know those uh, <laughs> australian guys uh, duncan is military um but uh yeah um and that's what to me, that's what conventions are supposed to be. Gen Con um, is Gen Con now, and I would have had a chance to go. I was invited by one of the guys from the tour, actually, uh, as his guest. Um, I just wanted to see it as it is now, because I've never seen it in Indianapolis. But um, the cool thing about Lake Geneva being the mecca and everything is Gary, I know for a fact, and you could you could talk to Ernie about this, would really, really like and back gaming in, in, in the Mecca, Geek Nation Tours, Gary Khan, stuff like that. Um, Gary Khan will never leave Lake Geneva. 
because it was meant to be small. Gen Con is Geneva Convention. Right. But there was no venue back then. You know, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Playboy Club, where they're holding it now, it's now the Grand Geneva, is the, um, the venue spot. And the, it'll never get bigger than the capacity it is now. Um, if a bigger venue opens up in Lake Geneva, then, yeah, they'll have more people. Um, but just t- to me, gaming is when I hear someone like, oh, I have a son and he's eight and he's playing D&D. It's like you couldn't hear much of a better thing that they may not be playing like you. They may be playing a different version, but it's D&D and it's going on and on. Um, um, I, I think if there was um, something that would sum up my life and I should probably have it on my tombstone besides a, a tired, tired old fart. Um, it should be what I was in the right place at the right time. And that was pretty much like three or four different major stages of in my life. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, and uh, gamers contact me on Facebook all the time, and I try not to reach out to gamers because I'm I'm trying to promote myself, but I don't I don't want to be pushy. You know, if, if you know who I am and want to be my friend, cool. You know, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy, but oh, thank you. You know, um, I bow to you, um, but I don't usually ask. But I've had people say, I, I know you're you're probably really busy. No, I'm a 59 year old guy on disability is sitting up here with two cats that doesn't have a gaming group. I can talk to all you gamers, <laughs> damn you people. Um, so, but I understand that too. Um, that's the, the gaming. Um, I haven't worked in, I mean, I've worked since I was 12, but I haven't worked in a lot of different areas uh, in the workplace. You know, I, I've done dishes, I've done farming, you know, painting, carpentry, but the group I found the best, the friendliest, the nicest are gamers because 99% of them, or probably more than that, go to a, to a venue, a gaming venue, to play and have fun. Maybe to meet someone, maybe not. I've had people that once I DM'd them at a convention, they no, no longer play in my game because they've seen how I DM. Other people play in my game every time they can they can. So, and I get it. I get all of it. Some people don't give a rat's ass that Jeff Duckleason used to work at TSR. People don't care. I understand that too. Um, um, but if I can get out there and promote, 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 my gosh, you know, you'll be sick of me. Who's that? Get that, <laughs> get that pencil neck out of there. We don't want to see his old face anymore. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then something like this, you asked me to do something like this, and and uh, and again, like you said, I'm being completely s- sincere. If Geek Nation Tours wasn't worth my time or effort, or I thought it was um, lame, I would say, yeah, Geek Nation Tours was great, but yeah, I don't have a well, I don't have a but, I have a but, but I don't have a but <laughs> in that. I have a double T. Um, I don't have a but in that, you know. I, I really don't. There was I expected at least one person to be a rules lawyer and a pain in the <laughs> ass. There's always one in the group, always, and there wasn't one. I was yeah. amazed. You know, you'd see someone, you go, oh, I bet you he's a, a rules lawyer because he dresses nicely or whatever, and it's like, holy crap, he's a, he's more of a normal guy than I am. Um, 
we had lawyers and military guys and, you know, we had everybody. Um, and that's what gaming is supposed to be. You know, it really is. Yeah, um, kind yeah. of like Harley drivers where you have doctors and lawyers and, and bikers, but they're all there to, to bike, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had a great group and, uh, uh, it's funny. We, I don't, I don't think the mic picked it up. We almost had a very, uh, <laughs> almost a very middle school moment there. My, my wife just got home and she didn't know where I was. And I'm down in my hobby room in the basement and she's like, hello. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, mom, leave me alone. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like, mom, leave us alone. We're playing D and D. I'll be down in an hour. <laughs> oh, and one other thing I did find out about, um, Again, um, we were lucky enough at Geek Nation Tours, the English gentleman didn't show up, which is sad, but we had four Aussies there, and we got to learn kind of Aussie playing and, <laughs> and their backgrounds, and them being down under, when they were talking about they go, yeah, we, we'd, have to go up, we'd have to go to the attic to play games, <laughs> and I started laughing, and Ernie, I looked at Ernie, and he's got a big smile on his face, and I said, so... And it was Duncan talking, or it was, um, uh, I think it was Duncan talking. It was like, you guys go up your attic. We go in the basement. <laughs> oh, it's Chris. Chris says, we don't have basements in Australia. <laughs> so we were always had to go to the, I said, everything was opposite for you guys. <laughs> but it was just so cool just to, to talk to people. We had, you know, um, Ron from New York. Um, you know, we had people from everywhere pretty much. Um, and that, that was just that much cooler it really yeah, was yeah. i didn't expect foreign people to want to come to this sorry to say i i, I don't diss foreign people um because i know terrace is one but um but yeah i didn't expect that so that was a bonus for me and i learned a lot of stuff i went on the 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 tour that ernie gave i learned a bunch of stuff so i was like oh this is cool so yeah and uh, i was invited terrace says well you can go on the tour again if you want it's like well yeah i do because I, I can't get sick of this. You know, it's kind of my hometown and I get to, it's like, oh, I remember that now. And we were lucky enough, Geek Nation Tours, we stopped at the last building TSR owned. Um, and we were a busload of gamers standing in a parking lot and a guy pulled up and we said, oh, security, we're in trouble. And we got a free tour of a building. So I was like, what I the tried. heck is that? And I sent them emails and called them and everything just saying, hey, we're a bunch of nerds that just if, – even if we could come in the lobby for two seconds, and I never heard back from them. And then sure enough, we, we happened to – you know, it was, again, we, we rolled a 20 on that. We got um, – <laughs> you know, the, the guy that comes out, he, he said he was security, but I think he was like the vice president of the company yeah. or whatever, and he showed us all around. It was, it was just really fortunate and fantastic. So, yeah, um, everything was just um, – even um, – Bad weather, and I don't think we really had uh, bad weather. Again, we're in, snow, but that was, you know. That's yeah, and we're impressed. inside gaming, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Too much fun. Not yeah. enough time. Well, it sounds yeah. like a giant commercial for the tour, but I mean, I, I hope it comes yeah. across just how, for for myself and and for you, I mean, just how, how much just genuine fun we had and and just the the connections that we made and and memories and thing and it, it was i can't say enough about it and i i know again i'm you know promoting it and we're going to do it again but i i'm like you i would not i would not do something like that just because i get paid or or whatever yep. i i went because i have a genuine love for dungeons and dragons and 
wanted to meet other gamers from around the world and and you know meet you guys and and get to play games in the mecca of gaming where where it all began and so it was it, I you know I've said it before I'll say it a thousand times it was an amazing experience for me. Yep. And I do understand that um, some gamers can't afford it. You know I I can't afford flying around and stuff. Um, and so Ernie says it. Um, I'll say it. Um, when uh, there are gamers that I've mentioned about the Dungeon Hobby Shop um, Museum and stuff, it's also going to be a gaming area. If you can come to Lake Geneva and you want to visit the Mecca, um, Ernie's on disability, I'm on disability. Um, again, we're a bunch of old farts. Um, but we want to show people around. You know, come to, I'll be living at 723 William Street. Come, if you can, to, to Lake Geneva. If you can't afford the tour, I understand completely. I really do, because I couldn't afford it now. But come to Geneva. I can't, you know, but the, the perfect venue is, if you can afford it, Geek Nation Tours. Food, lodging, and gaming all set up for you. Oh, my gosh. You know, die and go to heaven already. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's honest to goodness. So, um and I'm getting promoted, and again, that helps me greatly. I appreciate you guys, including me, and and my friends uh, getting me into it, Ernie, and and that. Um, I got to play. I got to run. Um, again, I don't have a gaming group up here, so when I can DM, you know, hang on and roll dice because uh, we're ready to play. Um, and now with GaryCon not being canceled, that was a big kick in the pants because that's my favorite men- venue of the year. I get to see all my old TSR buddies and stuff. Um, so I sure hope the the pandemic is through. And um, we even had uh, gamer friends of ours show up and, and game with the Geek Nation tour people. Yes, you know, they just called great. ahead and said, is it cool? So we weren't barraged by, you know, 1,400 gamers saying, oh, a mini convention. Um, but uh, they had fun. Um, uh, I'll, I'll have a couple bedrooms probably that I'll tell people, you know, whatever we can work that whatever come to geneva that's all i can say it's a mecca once in a lifetime thing people if you can get to the midwest once i've got a guy I communicate with in california and he goes well if i can get a ride there it's like i have a lot of east coast friends and that's the big thing um so do like they do at conventions get eight of you cram in a car and ride your books out here we'll have floor spaces for you <laughs> and we welcome people. We really do. Ernie is the most open. Um, when Gary Khan was canceled, he and I both met a guy that we were friends, on, a gamer, friends online, but we'd never met before. And he was going to be in town, and he came over and played. A random gamer. Um, so, again, we promote, play, game, have fun. That's what we're there for. We really are. Come have fun. Yeah, and so people can on, on there's already a uh, a Facebook page for the Dungeon Hobby Shop and, and TSR Museum, so people can definitely check that out on there, and I'm sure there'll be a website and all of that as we go forward because uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an amazing thing, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do there, and and I'm so happy for you that it, that this has worked out the way that it did, and uh, yeah. it's going to be. It's going to be just another awesome place in Lake Geneva for people to to check out and to really get a feel for the history of D&D. Yeah, and, um, we'll be opening, uh, Justin, the owner, says July. 
or um, summer, I say, oh, my gosh, and swallow my face in fear again. But I say either <laughs> late summer or early fall. Um, and it will be a, a museum. We'll have actually some medieval weapons um, and stuff in there. But it's basically going to be like a gaming venue. Um, uh, um, but there will be a museum part. We'll have um, in the old dungeon hobby shop, we'll have um, bling for sale. We'll have merch for sale. Um, but we'll have gaming tables, and there'll be another place there, like uh, Lake Geneva uh, Games, um, the hobby shop. You know, they have a, a pretty nice-sized gaming room. Well, this is going to be another venue um, where you can come play games. Um, so, um, and again, play games with if Jim Ward's in town and he wants to run a game, he sure can. We can call him up and say, hey, Jim, you want to run a game? Um, we have the space for it. I'll be there just about 24/7 because I live upstairs. So uh, again, um, yeah, it can only it can only be fun. Oh, the 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 Lake Geneva um, uh, Museum is opening up a wing, a Gary Gygax wing. That's uh, due to be open this spring. Um, so we kind of came out at the same time, so we won't have as many deluxe things as, and we didn't even realize because um, we were looking for the stained glass window that Laura. Rosloff, uh, ex-TSR employee um, and wife of Jim Rosloff, the artist, both artists. Um, she did a stained glass window, but that we didn't get. That's going to be in the museum, which is really sad because we'll actually we're actually the official Dungeon Hobby Shop museum, but we didn't know. This is all, again, this is all <laughs> it's all exciting anyway. Um, but you'll the building has Gary's first office. Um, I mean, first again, first TSR, first Dungeon Hobby Shop. Uh, first Dragon Magazine office. Come on, people. Yeah. And we're going to try to get it as close to being real as possible, genuine. Um, I worked there. That was the first place I worked at TSR. So um, the upstairs, I, I'm doing the painting and the all of the uh, plastering work and stuff like that. And we're trying to get um, two rooms up there, um, Gary's office and Tim's office, part of the museum so we can have people stay and say stay overnight and however that's going to work um, yeah. and say, oh, I spent the night in Gary's office. So which is, you know, pretty deluxe. And we'll that's have awesome. uh, like Dragon Magazine collection and we'll have a, a library of games that you can look at. We'll have a library of games you can play with. Um, you know, it'll just be more gaming, more fun. So that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And again, right place, right time, Ian. <laughs> You know, for well, me, so I, I think there's certainly good fortune, but I, I think also there are certain things that help people make their own way too. And and I, I you know I told you this when when we were done with the tour and everything. I think I think who you are and and the person that you are makes people want to help you and work with you and and do things for you. So I think I think you make your own luck a lot of times too as well. So well, thank you. Sir. I think I'm I'm yeah I'm super happy for you that that. Uh, that this is going to work out and uh, I'm just really, I'm excited to go and, and play there and, and see it. That's all well and good, but I know you're a chronic liar. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> no. my name's not even Ian. That's right. Yeah, exactly. His name is actually Clark Ian. I hope everybody knows. Uh, Google him. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, I can't tell you how cool this is going to be. Honest to goodness. Um, just if we can get, Random gamers to, to come in once a week. Um, uh, we can do 
miniature painting tutorials. Yeah. Um, we want to keep, uh, we want to kind of um, rent, um, it's not rent it out, whatever, lease it out, whatever, so people can play games with certain people as sure. DMs. I don't, not, again, right. I don't know. Have your own group come in right. and play. Yeah, yeah um, so, um, but, if, oh, was that a cat? Did I hear a cat on your side? Not, no, not oh. my. Oh, not it was mine. mine. Maybe it's one of yours. I was going to yeah, say was mine. I don't, Sorry about that. I, that was I, I have a cat, but she doesn't come down in the basement. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I look forward to um, any gamer I meet. You can't have too many friends. I have 614 friends, I think it is. I just looked it up um, on Facebook, and I've probably met. 200 of them and most of them are gamers how deluxe is that that's yeah. just you know we should all click and click and click and click and all be involved uh if we can be and so um um now if i could just get used to gaming online yeah i still have that tactile i want to roll those dice ernie's the same way it's like yeah. but i want to move the miniatures and i want to roll <laughs> the dice and it's just the old fart in me you know i have 2000 cds yeah a lot of good cds do you know <laughs> you know try to sell one for more than 50 cents um so we're old school but um and that's cool too if you want to play old school that's yeah. come come play old school yeah and so. you know now we we have to kind of do the the online thing in my regular groups are are meeting online for games so that we can keep playing and i, I there are dice roller mechanics you can use on the computer i still roll my dice i've so so my dice are literally sitting right here in my oh, some that literally like there are two in here that that are among the very first i ever bought so i still very much like that and and i don't think sitting around a table together that'll never go away because i think there's something that can't be replicated in the online experience but in yeah. the meantime uh you know still being able to play and, and meeting whether you're on skype or zoom or roll 20 or whatever you're using um i think it's i think that's great too so however people are, are able to game is it's all good gaming is gaming is gaming that's right why aren't you gaming gaming and <laughs> that's like um people to cheat why are you cheating it's gaming gaming equals fun you know yeah. it's just have fun people roll dice have fun die you know play D D. die you know <laughs> uh, you know Honest to goodness, um, just uh, I couldn't couldn't be happier with things going now. And uh, besides all the maladies of the world going on now, but um, uh, I, when fall comes along, I, I pray to the gods that uh, um, November is all good. GNT runs um, well. Um, Lincoln and the hobby shop is up and running and I can game as much as people want to game. You know, honest to goodness, come, come, come. I can't, you're going to edit a lot of me saying come, 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 but come to Geneva, people. Honest to goodness, it doesn't have to be a convention. It doesn't have to be a tour. It just needs bring your dice. And if you forget them, we have dice as well because we're gamers. Yeah, that's what That's what it is. So, um, but yeah, I'm. man, I can't wait for this coming year, no matter how grim it is um, and how many cons are canceled and how many people are disappointed by that. Again, thank goodness we can game online. We have those options. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that just makes the next con that much sweeter as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, yeah. 
very, yeah, very true. Well, Duck, I, I thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. I enjoyed talking to you, um, and and I I hope that people enjoy this interview and listening to to your history and you know with within TSR and and D and D and all of that. And I hope um I hope a, a lot of people take you up on that and they do come visit and you you make a lot and. New friends and, and new gamer friends and new connections. Thank you. Uh, and just uh, one last thing, if I may. Um, I'm also doing editing. I've done a few editing projects, and I'm, I'm doing editing as well. So once the hobby shop's up and running, I'm more than happy to do editing and to talk to people. I've got like three three or four jobs lined up. So um, just to let people know. Um, awesome. That's great. But, and yeah, uh, Thank you so much for this, Ian. And, oh, it's my, my pleasure. And, you know, all you, you great guys. If we were talking alignments, uh, we found out, we talked about that Geek Nation tour. I started out, I said I was neutral good, certain reasons. I found out that I'm actually lawful Canadian. <laughs> I'll let all you people figure that out on your own. Ernie is awful, also lawful Canadian, just so you guys know. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, we love you guys. Um, gamers, um, a big hug to all the gamers out there, um, all the people having trouble out there, health problems, etc. with all this stuff. Um, let's get through it and let's get gaming. Yeah, amen, amen. And real quick, where can people find you if they do want to hire you for uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you for, for editing work? Yet another good question. Um, it's <laughs> um, My email is ddrakemallard, that's D-D-R-A-K-E-M-A-L-L-A-R-D at frontier.com. Uh, ddrake, drake. And Mallard being duck, so just think of that duck. <laughs> but it, uh, Drake Mallard was taken, so I had to be D Drake Mallard, so two Ds. Um, otherwise, I'm on Facebook under Jeff R. Leeson. Um, I'm always looking for new friends. If you want to talk, um, message by all means. Message. Let's talk gaming. Let's talk life. I'm, I'm a listener, so if you have marital problems, I was married once. You don't want to talk to me about that, okay? Just, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Duck, and uh, I'm looking forward. I, I hope very much that I see you in November, and uh, uh, and I hope that you're well and that everything progresses with the, the hobby shop and all your projects and everything. Excellent. Thanks so much, and my best to you and yours, Ian.